0: All right, welcome back to the Lake Show News Talk 830 WCCO and welcoming Dane Mizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press back to the Lake Show as well. First time talking to Dane here in the new year. He joins us on the uh, John Schuster Banker Hotline. Uh, Dane, Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year, Lake. What's going on? Man, nothing much, man. Just wanted to talk a little hockey with you as well as I asked you uh, another question beyond that at the end of the interview, but uh, man... The Minnesota Wild are red hot right now, winners of nine of their last 11 games. Is this the real Minnesota Wild? I think that there are, you know, some of us kind of scratching our heads with regards to expectations, but what do you make of this?
1: Yeah, I think this is the the team that a lot of people expected at the beginning of the year. Um, It was a little shaky out of the gates. Uh, They couldn't stop a puck. They couldn't defend in front of their goaltenders. Um, And what you've seen over the past, like you said, that winners of nine of their last 11 is more of a commitment to their own end. Um, There were times earlier this season where I think you saw the Wild trying to be this skilled team, almost like they see that they have Kirill Kaprizov and everyone else just tries to be him. Um, That's not who the Wild are. The Wild are a, a team of skilled players who have to win gritty night in and night out. And you've seen that. They are sacrificing their body in front of the goaltenders. The goaltending as a whole has been a lot better than it was earlier in the season. And they're getting opportunistic goals um, because they're not just trying to be too pretty with it. Um, where the Wild run into trouble is when they try and skill it up and, and get too cute. Um, they're at their best when they make the game hard to play you know, on the other team. And, and then you know the goals kind of follow from there.
0: Tampa was the opponent last night. They defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning 5 to 1. Uh what was what happened with, uh, with Gustafson? I mean, what what was the situation there? Cuz it sounded like according to Dean Everson that he that he, he 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 puked a bunch. I didn't I missed I didn't see the game. Tell me what what occurred cuz I was clearly I was uh you know doing Wolves basketball.
1: Yeah, it happened so fast Lake. So the game's winding down. The Wilder work in the Lightning. And and that's a that's a nice win in and of itself. You know, the, the Lightning won the, the Stanley Cup in 2020 and 2021. Um, so anytime you can beat a team like that, you feel good about yourself. But the Wilder destroying the Lightning, the, the you know, the final seconds are ticking away. Kirill Kaprizov scores an empty net goal to make it 5-1, which ended up being the final. Uh, and a large reason the Wild won the game was because of Phil augustus He was great. He's been great. Uh, but all of a sudden, they, they go back to the, the you know drop the puck after saw his empty net goal, and, and we hear over the loudspeakers, you know Mark Andre Fleury's now a net, and you know we're furiously typing, we're trying to figure out well, what the heck happened to Gus, uh, like Dean Evason said after the game, he he's sick, and he in that moment as the game was winding down couldn't make it anymore, skated to the bench, went off and puked his gra- his brains out according wow. to Dean Evason. So when when we hear that after the game, we're thinking, like, oh, no, you know, like sometimes if guys get their bell rung, if they have a concussion, and, you know, one of the, the symptoms is throwing up. Um, from what I'm hearing, it, it's just a sickness. It's an illness, and, and that's not good, I guess, but it's also not as bad as, say, if he hit his head and, 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 and threw up because he had a concussion, which was my first instinct. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not that. I think it's just a – Uh, you know, an illness. And then sometimes these things happen. And if it would have happened behind closed doors, like no one would have ever known, but because he had to leave the game, uh, we know about it now, but uh, all all in all, I think good news because when when a guy leaves the game so abruptly, you, you kind of assume the worst.
0: Yep, we're talking to Dane Mizutani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Give him a follow on Twitter at Dane Mizzitani, and he's joining us here on the Lake Show to talk some Minnesota Wild hockey. So now, earlier in the year, Dane, me, and you talked, and the let's be frank, the goaltending was shaky. It was beyond shaky. It wasn't very good. How would you categorize the goaltending here over the course of the last dozen games? It's why they're winning games. Um, you know, like I said, the
1: they've gotten back to what, how they play. They're playing well in front of the goaltenders and, and they're, they're scoring goals because they're not trying to be too pretty on the ice. Uh, but the goaltending duo between Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson has been spectacular for the last dozen games. You know, it's like, it, it. like I said, it's why they've won nine of their last 11. They're getting solid, consistent goaltending night in, night out. And I think, it's been kind of rewarding for both of these goaltenders because you you look at the tandem on paper um, at the beginning of the year. It's a 38 year old Mark Andre Fleury who a lot of people are saying he's over the hill. You know he's in the decline of his career, and while he's certainly not at the peak of his prime anymore, he's proving you know that he still has a lot of good hockey left in him. And then you had Phil Gustafson who people just kind of wrote off as like this was a throw in for the trade that, you know, to send Cam Talbot to Ottawa and, and this guy isn't ready to be a backup in the league. Uh, and he's proved him wrong. He's been one of the best goaltenders in the league for the last month and a half. So uh, between the two of them, it, it's why they're winning games. And I think it's it, it's been kind of cool to watch it happen in real time um, because I think there were a lot of doubts uh, about these two guys at the beginning of the year.
0: You know, one of the things, Dane, that we know about professional sports, and it doesn't matter what sport it is, but this is just a fact, is that typically when a organization, a team that has, you know, some mild expectations to be good, right, or has a window to be good, when they are struggling and not winning games, everybody talks about trades. When a team is mm-hmm. doing extremely well, you're not thinking about making a major move. So, like, like early in the year, people are like, well, hold on, Bill Garen's going to have to do something, right? Do you think that all of this winning that's taken place here the last two weeks or two, two and a half to three weeks has quieted any speculation or any thoughts of them trying to improve the roster or make a trade?
1: Yes, right now, I think. Um, I think there was, like you said, there's this knee-jerk reaction of well, things aren't going good, we need to fix it right now. And the only way we can fix it was with a big trade, with a splash move. Uh, I don't think that feeling permeates anymore, um, whether it be in, in the wild locker room or within the fan base. I think everyone's pretty happy with how things are going. Um, worth noting that they have been spectacular since the Ryan Reeves trade, and it's a small trade in the grand scheme of things. Ryan Reeves doesn't score a ton of goals, he doesn't pot a lot of assists, um, but he's helped kind of get the Wild back on track and play the way that they need to play. Um, so that trade by Bill Guerin deserves credit, um, but it, it's not the splashy trade I think that you're that you were hinting at that people, when when things were going bad, it was like we need to change everything. Um, so that feeling no longer exists. But I will say like. If they continue to win and if they continue to play at a high level, they are now um, third in the Central, so firmly in you know beyond the playoff cut line. And um, I think only six games back of da- or six points back of Dallas in first place in the division. If the Wild continue to play well, well, when the trade deadline rolls around, we will start talking about trade. Uh, because right now, as the roster is currently constructed, as good as they're playing. I don't know if they have enough firepower to, to make a, 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 a huge push in the playoffs. And, and that's the next step for this team, is making a big, legitimate playoff push. Um, so I think if they continue to win and play at a high level, we're going to start hearing about, well, how do, they, how do they upgrade, how do they improve the roster. Um, but as far as wanting to make a trade to fix everything, um, that feeling's gone out the window.
0: Yeah, we're talking to Dame Mizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press here. On the Lakeshore, News Talk 830 WCCO. I do want to finish things off, though, here with this conversation on uh, uh, a couple of non wild related items. The first, though, mm-hmm. and they're both NFL related because you cover the Vikings and stuff, too. Um, yeah. I, I got to ask you just as somebody that you're, dude, you're a beat writer, right? Like, like to, to me, you're yeah. one of the best around here in the state of Minnesota covering the Minnesota Wild and the Vikings and going to sports events. Monday night, I'm at Target Center. Me and Jace Frederick, your colleague, we're sitting there. We're watching the Wolves, but we're also watching Monday Night Football on one of the monitors, and we see what takes place with DeMar uh, Hamlin. Um, I just wanted to, as somebody that you're around these athletes, man, you're interviewing them, you're covering them on a day-to-day. What what was your reaction to that specific story and what took place? Because it's interesting because that – Actually, did happen to NHL defenseman Chris Pronger going back to 1998.
1: Yeah, my reaction in real time is just like I cannot believe this is happening, and and it was it, it was almost surreal, to, and like time kind of stood still. I'm sitting there watching at home with my roommate, um, and and a guy goes down, and and you hate to say it, but you become so accustomed to guys just going down with significant injuries and just being like. Well, as long as they give the thumbs up, um, then we know they're not. It's not that bad. We know they're not paralyzed. So I was just waiting for the thumbs up. I thought maybe, maybe a neck injury, uh, maybe a a really significant head injury, um, and just kind of sitting there waiting for the thumbs up and then resume play. But when they cut back to, you know, the, the first time they went to commercial right away, when they cut back and they showed some of the players' faces, and you could tell, like. It, something was wrong. Something was, was very, very wrong, uh, because you could see the panic in their eyes and, and, and you can't hide that feeling like that feeling of panic. And it, it, these guys have seen injuries. They've seen gruesome injuries, uh, over the course of their career, um, to get to the highest level. Um, they, they've seen probably some of the worst stuff you can imagine. Um, and then you get kind of accustomed to that. But when you, when you see something like ha- what happened to DeMar Hamlin, when, your teammate, your brother, is getting chest compressions on the field, getting CPR for the duration of nine minutes um, before they're able to kind of restart his heart with with an AED and and put him in the back of an ambulance. When, when you see something like that, like that's something you've never seen, and you could tell from watching what the players were seeing and and watching their reaction, whether it be Josh Allen kind of putting his hands over his mouth and and you know looking really legitimately scared, or seeing Stefan Diggs tears streaming down his face you just knew something was really wrong um and then everything that's happened over the past couple of days um it just kind of shows you you know how how important life is and and how unimportant football is you know what i mean like yep. uh, there we are sitting talking about well, how they're gonna make this game up and, and and who cares like and and then obviously that's come come up they're not gonna make the game up the game doesn't matter and and at that point um, it didn't. It, it still doesn't. Um, all that matters is, is the a 24 year old kid um, and his life. And, you know, thank God we're seeing, you know, the, the, the market improvement or the remarkable re- improvement we're seeing or, or that we're hearing from from his camp. And sounds like he's able to kind of communicate via writing. Um, all of those things are good news, and and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, and and I think it, it it's kind of a a nice sobering reality check to like, you know, whether it be your favorite team or and someone's not performing well or your fantasy team, and you, you're all you're thinking about is, is these dudes as as numbers and objects and stats. Well, well, they're human beings at the end of the day, and and I think this was a kind of an unfortunate way to to kind of snap back to reality. I think it, it centered all of us in, in in that
0: sense. A final question, Dane. The um, I'm of the mindset that that we should be able to beat the Chicago Bears this weekend, just knowing that they're not a good football team, number one. Justin Fields is not playing. And I am thinking that we should just go ahead and sit uh, key members of our team, and most notably Justin Jefferson. I, I just – I'm sorry if you can't beat the Chicago Bears without Justin Jefferson, then you're not doing anything anyway. But just how do you how do you, how would you play this out? Do you say you know what we're not going to rest anybody? I know that we've got a bunch of injuries on the offensive line and all of that stuff. What, but, but we need this game and we're just going to go ahead and, and play play it out.
1: Uh, I understand wanting to feel good going into the playoffs, and I understand like you just took a, a beat down at the hands of, of the Green Bay Packers, your biggest rival, and. and Maybe you want to feel good about yourself heading into the playoffs. That being said, like if I was coach kevin O'Connell, I would rest everyone. I would say the twos, the threes, the fours like that's who's playing this game. We are putting Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Zadaria Smith, nail Hunter, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, all of them. They're putting them in bubble wrap. Uh, do not let them see the field we saw it with Brian O'Neill he's trying to run run down the field and make a tackle and he, he partially tears his Achilles Ugh. like this is a, a game that just you can by being on the field you can get hurt um, and the only way to guarantee that Justin Jefferson will be ready for the playoffs is to make sure he's not on the field same with any other guys I just listed so no um i I wouldn't play any of the starters um I agree with you the, the Vikings uh, you know at 12 and three um, or 12, 12 and you know 12 and four hoping to be 13 and four. Should be able to beat the Chicago Bears, who, well, frankly, won't be trying to win because the number one pick's on the line, yep. and have already said Justin Fields is out. They should be able to beat that team with their backups. Um, and and I get the whole seeding thing. You know, I obviously understand like if the Vikings win the game, um, and the San Francisco 49ers lose to the, to the, the Arizona Cardinals, the, the Vikings can jump back up to the number two seed. Um, all, all of those things I get. Um, but I'm not willing to do any of that um, by risking you know, the health of, of the the star players on the team and, and the players that, frankly, are the
0: only way you're going to make a deep playoff run. So long-windedly, I'm resting everyone, Lake. I'm with you, man. Hey, give him a follow on Twitter, at Dane Mizzatani. But more importantly, check out his fine work for the Pioneer Press. Dane Mizzatani joining us here on the Lake Show. Hey, Dane, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, have a good one, Lake. All right, take care.